Well, hello everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Well, I guess if you're on a traditional calendar, people are back in uh, school mode right now. And homeschoolers are no exception to that if you're following a traditional calendar. Yeah, and if you've got a child who's a junior or senior, things are changing. You're thinking about the end. You know, when you start out homeschooling, it seems like an impossible length of time mm-hmm. until they graduate. But it happens more quickly than you can imagine. And, and there's a lot, a lot that goes into that which you may not have thought about, particularly if this is the first time you've looked at this period, if this is your eldest child or at least your eldest homeschooler. Um, there's a lot going into senior year that you might not have made plans for. So I just want to talk a little bit about some things we've learned several laps around the track with ours. I think one of the first things is to, is to sit down with them and do some brainstorming. Mm-hmm. Look at the talents that they have, the interests that they have, mm-hmm. things that they can do to support themselves that use both some of their talents and some of their interests that people actually pay them for. And also things that they have, they seem to have a natural, uh, a natural tendency toward, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, because there's things like, I, I know I saw it with myself just in my grown up career that everywhere I went, I seemed to get assigned to write things. I seemed to be always the one that was chosen to be the editor of the newsletter or to write the minutes for the meeting or whatever. Well, you know what? It's because the people around me saw that I was a good written communicator, and I wasn't really thinking about that. Well, no, you had, I think when we were coming through school, if you could do math and science, you got pushed very hard into math and science. And so, like, your kids looking around your dining room table, you know, you may have one who just naturally reaches out to people, and people trust them. People come and ask them for help or ask them for advice or um, that's somebody who's going to be a good counselor, a good doctor, a mm-hmm. good salesman, you know, a good business owner. Mm-hmm. Or the one who has a million, a million different business ideas. Oh, yes. We've had some like that. And sure enough, as adults, he's an entrepreneur. Yeah. But, you know, maybe they haven't recognized that in themselves yet. But just say, well, what do you see that that they just naturally seem to be doing all the time, that people just naturally call them for. Because it took us till we were middle-aged to realize those things. You were an engineer for many years. Right. And now you're an author mm-hmm. and a speaker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my degree's in biology, but I was a homeschool mom and a housewife for many years. And now we're authors and speakers. And those are talents that, if you look back, you can see that we evidenced them pretty early right but it took us a long time to realize it right but we can help our kids with that help them figure out what they're good at Mm -hmm. the talents we see in them recognizing though that it's their life and their choice right and and then figure out where they need to go after high school you know Mm -hmm. are they gonna start a business immediately are they gonna go into the military Mm -hmm. are they gonna go to college i do think it's important to realize that you may be looking at a long time before they get married because I know many of my friends when our older kids were younger many of my friends were like I don't want my daughter to go to college or to get a job when she graduates because she just wants to to be a homeschool mom and that's a great goal for a, a young woman right but the problem is the average age of first marriage is nearly 30 now yeah 
Yeah, it's, it, yeah, and so it's it just it just actuarially speaking, it just seemed like you you need to plan on what are you going to do with your time if Prince Charming hasn't showed up, yeah. or if you haven't found the right girl. If you're a guy, you know what you know. You can't you can't schedule things that you don't really control. Yeah, and and that's an important principle as you counsel your kids and as you raise them yourself too. But let's talk about practical things that need to happen in the senior year. We're dealing with this right now. We've got a senior this year. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first things you probably ought to do is schedule them to take, if you haven't already, schedule them to take the SAT and the ACT, even if you think they're not going to college. Right. Because they may change their minds. Mm-hmm. And it's never going to be easier to do those tests than when that math is fresh in their minds. Right. And it, so mm-hmm. it's a good idea to go ahead and have them take them. For one thing, they may do a lot better than you imagine. Yeah, and if they don't do as well as they hoped, you know, you may not realize that you don't have to tell anybody what those scores are. That's your choice. Mm-hmm. And and so if they're, say, if their verbal score is not as high as you think it ought to be, they can take it again later. And then when you prepare their transcripts, you can use whichever iteration of the verbal part, you can report that. And whichever iteration of the math part, you can report that. I mean, that's okay. That's that's commonly done and it's just expected. Yeah, you can. You, so when the first time they take it, you don't have to send it to any colleges. Right. You can just see how they're doing. But mm-hmm. that's really important. If there's any possible chance that they're going to go to college in the next few years, and a lot of kids you may not imagine there's a chance may go. Mm-hmm. We had a severely dysgraphic child. Right. Severely dyslexic. Mm-hmm. Real learning struggles. He's now a college graduate with a double major. Just excelled when he got on campus. Yeah, so you, you really don't know. And because you don't know, you need to prepare for eventualities. Right. Also, um, if they're going to college next year, you need to apply a lot earlier than you think. And I think that's earlier than when we applied. Oh, for real. I think, you know, back back when, when we had to chase the dinosaurs off the porch before we could take our thing to the mailbox, it's still the dates have moved further and further back. It used to be after Christmas of your senior year. Yeah. But now, if you want to consideration for scholarships, often it, the deadlines are in October or November. Right. And... <clears throat> And so that's, you know, you still have, you still have until like May 1st to make your decision and commit to a particular college. Right. But, and, and even if they got rolling admissions or something, you know, that the timetable for when they are doing the financial aid decisions like that, particularly the college scholarships. And by the way, you're going to be, you're going to have a whole lot better field for financial aid from the individual colleges than you are from things like the national merit scholarships and other programs. Those are great honors. But really, the pool of money is at the local colleges. Well, everybody asks, you know, where do you, where do they get scholarships? Where can we apply? Mm-hmm. Generally, outside scholarships take a lot of application time mm-hmm. and effort for very little reward. They might be a thousand, two thousand dollars, and then when you go to college, the college will reduce their financial aid by the amount of outside scholarships you get. Yeah, and and those again, those are those are good good things maybe on the resume possibly but i mean as a practical matter i know i got a national merit scholarship and when i got it i think it was like fifteen hundred dollars 
And it's not much different now, although college tuition has gone up like a factor of five or six. Yeah. And so, again, if you really, if you seriously need financial aid, then get your applications into colleges early. And also fill out the FAFSA early. And you may think, oh, there's no way we're going to qualify for federal financial aid. Maybe not. You might be surprised, especially if you have a lot of children. Right. But the colleges use that to help their need-based aid, help figure out their need-based aid. Typically, yep. you can apply October 1st, mm-hmm. and you'll use the data from the previous year. So if you're applying in October of 2023, you'd use data from 2022, your 2022 taxes. Okay. But this year, one time only, it's not going to be available until December of 2023 because they're changing the processing. Ah, Okay. And so fill out the FAFSA early, take the SAT and, and SAT early, mm-hmm. do college apps early. One thing that we haven't talked about is how do you even know when their senior year is? Okay, well, that's, that's a good point. And we did talk about that a few episodes back about graduating early or late or what time. So if you're curious about that, go back and listen to that episode because we gave mm-hmm. some very good reasons that sometimes you may want to graduate them late. And that will be a benefit to them. And that's, I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes. That okay. is at howandmelanie.com slash radio, if you want to find it easily. Yeah, we need to take a break and okay. thank this week's sponsor, mm-hmm. How. And when we come back, let's talk about some even more important things you want to do their senior year. Okay, we'll be right back. Support is from TBN. Weaving its way through the heart of the Holy Land is a well-worn path that once felt the footsteps of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, and Jesus. Host David Friedman and Mike Pompeo take a sacred journey of hope along Route 60, the biblical highway. Experience the land of the Bible as you've never seen it. In theaters September 18th and 19th, Route 60, the biblical highway. Information at Route60.movie. That's Route60.movie. Okay, so welcome back. Um, so we were talking, just a minute ago, we were talking about college applications. And, you know, one of the things that really struck me as we've gone through the process is how often the information that you need to put into that form, particularly things like essays and short descriptions and biographical information, so much of that shows up again and again. It really helps to keep that all on file. Put it in a Word document or something like that where you can just cut and paste Oh, yes, because so many colleges will ask similar questions, and you might have to rework a sentence or two. Right. But you can reuse that work, and college applications are a lot of work. And they, listen, when I applied, and I applied to some elite colleges, college applications were like one to four pages, handwritten and very short and simple and sweet. And now it's ridiculous. Right. Some of them will take you several hours to do one school's application and it's just it's time consuming and your kids need your need your help they may need you to type while they talk if you have a child who struggles with dysgraphia or struggles with getting uh-huh. their their brain together as they're writing right they may they're going to need you to check it over and give them ideas for spelling and grammar mm-hmm. they're going to need your just advice and input it's a whole new world to them mm-hmm. but you know senior year's a it's very time-consuming, just all the college stuff or preparation for life stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other things going on that can make it 
a stressful time for families. Okay. Like I have, I have noticed with our kids and with other kids, you ask a kid in the beginning of their junior year, where do you want to go to college? Oh, I want to go to the Puget Sound, you know, no 3,000 miles away. One of my classmates, now I grew up in South Carolina, okay, East Coast, and one of my classmates actually did go to the University of Puget Sound. I said, why did you want to go there? And he said, because I want to get as far away from this town as possible. You know what? I, our guys like drew a circle of about a thousand mile radius. Uh, more uh, of five hundred. Uh, and then <laughs> it got smaller and smaller as the months went by. Well, you know, it's fall of their junior year. They're like, "Oh, I could go to Canada, or I could go to Germany." And well, then, yeah, you could. It gets to be fall of their senior, year and they realize they're actually leaving home. And it's like, um, nothing outside five hundred miles. I want to be able to get home in one day. Right. And so. Be prepared for that, that it is scary when it actually comes down to it. And a lot of kids who are like, I can't wait for the adventure when it actually comes down to it are like, ah. Uh-huh. And so we need to be gentle with them. Right. To right. recognize that, yeah, leaving home is a big deal and it's hard and it's it's scary, but it's also exciting and fun. Uh-huh. Well, I think one of the one of the big benefits of going away to college, and, and I experienced this, was that I could be out and kind of living on my own and making my own decisions and managing my day, but I was close enough that if I needed a break or if I needed help, that I could get home and it wasn't going to require a change of flights in the middle of the country or $1,200 investment or anything else. It was something that there was a backstop. There was a backup available, and and that wasn't you know I didn't leave at home I didn't live at home I mm-hmm. lived away on campus I was three hours away from home but that wasn't the other end of the galaxy yeah and so you know there's there's some balancing there that goes on there's a lot of growing up that happens in our kids when they leave home mm-hmm. and also in the parents because I have seen in a lot of the parents that we talk to that. Sometimes when kids don't leave home, and there are good reasons not to leave home. Right. There are good reasons to go to college from home to save money. Kids that need more help, maybe that have a health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. There are really good reasons to stay home. However, it becomes imperative for the parents to change the way that they interact with that child to recognize it's no longer a child. This is an adult. And right. that's part of the transition of the senior year is your trans your transitioning from i'm the parent here's what you do to you're an adult would you like some advice right and that can be really hard for some families yeah it's it's hard to take your hands off you think maybe maybe they'll make a mistake well you know you made plenty of mistakes you survived yeah yeah um and so there's a lot of emotional baggage with the senior year both for parent and child But one thing I want to say to the moms particularly, because I see a lot of moms of seniors posting right now, Uh I just can't bear the thought of them leaving. I just, I've been crying for days. One dropped her child off at college and she said, I've been Uh crying for days. It is an adjustment when they leave home. You know, I found each time I found myself turning to tell that oldest child something. Right. Because that oldest child kind of becomes your... Your aide de camp, your your the person that that best understands you, know, yeah. a, a good friend, right? And they're not there, right? But although that was hard, some really good things have come from it. 
Mm-hmm. Each child, each of our children has gotten a chance to be the oldest child at home. And each, that has really grown them up. And each of those children has had a chance to be the oldest brother or the oldest sister in the house. And yeah, I mean, and, and to be the, as you say, the aide de camp for mom and for dad. And so they've all taken on that role when their turn came and, and it's been great. And I'm not sure they would have if the oldest child had still been at home. No, no, I think it. I, I think almost definitely not. You know, it grew. It made them grow in maturity and prepared them for leaving home and being an adult. Right. Also, I have loved the relationship that we have with our adult kids. Mm-hmm. Our adult kids are our best friends. You know, they True. are the people we call with prayer requests that we talk to when we're down, uh-huh. that we go do fun things with. I right. love our relationship with our adult kids. And senior year, folks, senior year is the time that you make it or break it. Uh-huh. This is the time that if you do not have a good relationship with your child, you need to. That is your job one. That's more important than anything else. Because when, when they leave home, it's going gonna, it's gonna to become a lot harder. You're not going to have as much interaction with them. You're not going to have that day-to-day interaction. Mm-hmm. And when they leave home, that's all you've got is relationship. That's what drops them back. That's you know? what makes them call you on the phone. And You know, my phone rings all the time. Mm-hmm. We, we have seven adult kids. Right. My phone rings all the time. Hey, Mom, let me tell you what happened. Hey, Mom, can you give me some advice about this? Hey, yeah. Mom, can I get a recipe Dad, from you? Dad, I got some, I got a question about this this or that thing. Yeah, you, hey, you know. Dad, can you help me with this plumbing issue? Yeah. All day long. And, y'all, as our home gets smaller and our family gets smaller and smaller here at home, mm-hmm. that is a really big blessing. That is. Now, we've got a lot of information on how to build relationships. Uh-huh. And one you may want to check out is... Our workshop, How Not to Lose Your Teens. Okay. And you can download that free at mm-hmm. RaisingRealMen.com slash not lose teens. All one word. Mm-hmm. No spaces. No caps. Right. RaisingRealMen.com slash not lose teens. Would you put that on the Yeah, we'll page? put that on the show page. Yes. Because it will give you practical ways to build relationship with your kids. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot, there's a lot of stress in the senior year. Right. A whole lot of stress as they, they suddenly realize... Oh my word, adulthood is here. What am I going to do? <laughs> it and becomes even, real. Yeah, it yeah. becomes very real. Mm-hmm. And how you deal with that stress and how you get through it and the kind of relationship you build will make a big difference in how the next few years go. We've had a bunch of episodes that deal with things that you're going to be dealing with this last year with your senior and the process of applying for college or choosing a career path or whatever else. So go to our show page and I'll put a bunch of links there. Go to howandmelanie.com slash radio. That'll take you to our network show page and there'll be some suggested, uh, some suggested podcasts that the system generates for you as well. So just, just cruise through those archives and see if you can find some information that'll help you with some of the things you're dealing with. Well, Hal, we're almost out of time. Yes, we are. As you face the senior year of your child, especially if it's your oldest, don't be afraid. God has purpose in this, and the years to come are going to be a blessing. And this is this is all part of the process of growth. This was something that you've been working toward for years, both of you, all of yeah. you. And so it's just your next step, and embrace it, look forward to it, and look forward to God bringing forth the results and the fruit. 
Okay. So look, uh, we appreciate your time with us, and we hope you'll join us again as we take biblical principles into the 21st century family. Until next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.